0: Whoever does this is condemned to death. Okay. Okay. You can never, ever, ever do this. You know, unless you're willing to die. But if you do die by doing this, you reach like it's like the epitome of faith, right? Okay. So, so it, it's like it's like something that's, you know, a great deed to do, but at the same time, the result of it would end up. Being a death itself, and it's called an ida. Muhammad. <laughs> My like. dear sister Tiffany Altani.
1: Welkom, wa rahmatullahi wa Thank you so much for having me here today.
0: Good to have you back. Today we want to talk about uh, religion, God, uh, shirk, you know, and the worship of man, and how this idea uh, came about, and uh, is there any truth in it? Okay. You have this uh, kind of theme that's taking place, or has taken place in religion, and still exists to this very day, where religion has broken down into three groups, like the, the adherents of the religion, the followers of the religion, they've fallen down into, they fall into one of three categories. Either somebody who's on the middle path, yeah, you know, which is the correct path, the right path, or somebody who falls on one of the two opposite extremes. Okay. The shortcomer, the muqassir, or the roulette, the mughali, the person who exaggerates. Okay? okay? So, in essence, what is it? A person who's either worshiping God the way that he should worship God, adhering to the religion in the way that it was meant to be adhered to or shortcoming in regards to the understanding, not giving its, its full right, not giving the messenger his full right, or on the opposite end those who exaggerate and and go up and beyond what is required okay. and and between these three categories is where all of the sects of the different religions have branched out and where all a lot of the wars you know basically all of the wars you know have taken place because of um, these three categories okay. and the Ahl al they mentioned these three categories when they spoke about it in great detail and they've even stated that these three categories are mentioned in the opening surah of the Quran Surah Al-Fatiha what does Surah Al-Fatiha say it says ar-Rahim, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen ar rahim Maliki إِيَّاكَ iekin abudu wa iekin istain الْمُسْتَقِيمِ Okay, so it's like a prayer that somebody is making. And and then it says at one point uh, in this surah, it says, and this is the surah that everybody's commanded to uh, recite while they're praying, it says, God grant us the straight path. Yeah. Okay, the right path, that middle path. Mm-hmm. Not the path, غَيْرِ الْمَغْتُوبِ عَلَيْهِمْ Not the path of those who have earned your wrath, your anger. Okay. غَيْرِ عَلَيْهِمْ وَلَا الطالين, Nor the path of those whom are astray.
1: Okay.
0: Okay? So now we have three categories. Those who God's angry with, those who are astray, and those who are on the correct path. Yes. So, who are these people? Most of the commentators on the Quran, whether Sunni or Shia, have unanimously agreed that the, one of the meanings behind uh, these couple of verses of Surah Al-Fatiha is that the Muslims, you know, are the ones whom are on the straight path, the true Muslims, and those whom God's wrath is upon them are the Jews. Okay. Okay. And those who are astray are the Christians. Okay. And so it kind of paints the Jews as as God being angry with them. Um, obviously, if God's angry with somebody, then they're astray as well. But He's like they're astray and they have God's anger.
1: Yeah.
0: You know. And and then you have the Christians. They're astray, but it doesn't say that God's angry with them. Okay. okay. But we're asking God, you know, to protect us from falling into one of these categories, you know, and that we be on his path, the right path. So what is the right path? You know, and and why are the Jews, uh, you know, why did the Jews earn God's wrath and why did the Christian why are the Christians being labeled as being astray? And the Ahlbayth clarify that the reason why is because the the Jews were shortcomers.
1: Okay. I understand, yeah. They, they they failed to recognize the Messiah and they rejected him. And
0: Exactly. Yeah. They failed to recognize the right of Jesus Christ to the Messiah. They short came in terms of their faith with God and their recognition of his proofs, you know, and in their faith uh, in the completion of of uh, of his promise, which is the coming of Jesus
1: yeah.
0: and the Christians uh, they didn't short come, uh in regards to that, but they just went over and beyond right. like they accepted Jesus with all their hearts and then they gave they elevated him to such a place that they made him the the ultimate God, right or yes. God Almighty. Yeah. and for that reason, they went astray. okay So God's not angry with them in Surah Al-Fatiha, but uh, they're definitely astray. They're no longer on that right path that leads to Him. Okay. Do you understand? I see.
1: So it's very tricky. You have like two extremes and then something in the middle, which is, yeah, neither here nor yeah. there. Yeah.
0: And so if it's about a man, then, and Jesus is that man, then one group hates the man, yeah. and so that God hates them. Or becomes angry with them, right? And obviously, we're not talking about Jews as a whole. I mean, we're just talking in general about the concept yeah. of being a Nasibi, hating, you know, whether it's Jesus or whether it's it's Moses or whether you're talking about Buddha or Krishna or Muhammad or any of the prophets of God, right? Yes. That you have this hatred towards them. So uh, they hated. And so God's wrath and anger became upon them. They were angry against Jesus and God became angry on them. And then you have, um, you know, the Christians that, you know, uh, worshipped Christ.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And equated him with God Almighty. Yeah, of course. Yeah,
0: exactly. So one group gives a man no rights. The other group gives a man rights that aren't his and the middle path are those who give that man the rights that he's supposed to receive. Okay. Okay? So religion, essentially, is a man. Okay? Okay? You recognize that man the way that he should be recognized. You are a monotheist. You are a unifier. A muahid. Okay? And a Muslim. If you... Don't give him his rights, then you are a nasibi, somebody who is, uh, you know, hateful of the messengers of of God, and and is an enemy. And you give them too much of their rights, and that is a polytheist. Okay,
1: okay, okay. that's okay. very clear. Yeah.
0: Good. Now, if that is the case, and that is God's message. And it's so clear, like you're saying, that it's clear. Then why is it, Tiffany, that all of these people have gotten so confused uh, over the years? We have many different religions, including Islam itself, where this same problem is taking place. And even the Prophet Muhammad said about Muslims, that you are going to follow in the footsteps of the Jews and the Christians. So the same thing that they did, you guys are also going to do and you're going to walk behind them step by step, following their example, even so much so that if they were to fall into the lizard's hole, you would do the same.
1: Wow.
0: We have in, um, you know, we have in, in the Bhagavad Gita, and we have uh, people that, you know, uh, Hindus that follow uh, Krishna. Yes. Uh, they also worship Krishna.
1: Yes. Much like the Christians worship Jesus. Exactly
0: yeah. like the Christians worship Jesus. So much so that, you know, Jesus and Krishna are almost believed, they are believed by some people to be the same individual. Yes. That Krishna is a, you know, a prior incarnation of Jesus Christ himself.
1: They they, they did say similar things. They, they said similar things about... You know, like Jesus said, I am the way, uh, I am the the truth and the life, and uh, the one who follows me will have life and things like this. Krishna said very similar things. So people put these together and they say, okay, then that's it. That's what I need to follow for all time. I, I think that that's one of the common points that people find between the two of them.
0: Exactly. So Krishna and Jesus, exactly as you stated, have said things, all right? That caused their believers to mistake them for being God. Yeah. Or if their followers did not mistake them, it was in the writings of their followers. You know, the, the followers wrote what what they said in future generations mistook what the prophet was initially trying to say. Right. So now you have in Hinduism this issue coming about you have in judaism um and the quran basically highlights this and that is in the verse that speaks about Ezra and how some jews took Ezra as the son of god and they worshiped him as god right the mm-hmm. same thing that happened with the christians existed in judaism
1: okay.
0: and by the way i i spoke also with um with with a jewish man you know who Uh, was was telling me he was a uh, he was telling me that Jews um, they don't say it they don't say it openly you know but a lot of them do consider Moses to have been the manifestation of God himself and they take him as as the appearance of God much in the same way that Uh, the Christians do with Jesus Christ. Okay. Okay. So uh, I know a lot of Jews will say, no, we don't know any Jews that worship Ezra, Uh, but there were sects in Judaism, a sect in particular in Judaism back in the day that did claim that Ezra was the son of God and manifestation of God, and they worshiped him. So we have now this happening in Hinduism, we have it happening in Judaism, we know that it happened in Christianity and that's clear yeah. uh, for everybody, uh, you know, who, who knows anything about the religion today. They believe that Jesus is the manifestation of God and the Son of God and, uh, you know, the main figure in the in the Trinity, really. I mean, if you think about it, He's spoken about and beloved more than the Father Himself. Yes. so. Um, and he is the father, and the father's in him, and he's in the father, and you know, it's it's all three in one. We can we'll talk about the Trinity, inshallah, in detail on another day, okay. And then you have in Islam also the same phenomenon taking place, okay. Isn't that incredible? Yes, it's taking place where it takes place, not with the Prophet Muhammad, because the Prophet Muhammad. Peace and blessings be upon him and his family, he's the one that brings down the Quran.
1: Yes. Yeah. yeah.
0: And 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 so the Quran is all about monotheism and mm-hmm. and going against, you know, those who are, you know, and, and then the Quran speaks to Muhammad and and talks about how he used to be, you know, he used to be ignorant, and then we taught him, and he used to be this, and then we made him richer, etc. You know, there's even verses that are kind of chastising Muhammad and in, in, in different uh, stances, you know, like where, for example, the verse that says, you know, if you if you don't, you know, uh, bring forward that which was revealed to you, you know, like about the verse of the appointment of yeah. Imam Ali then it will be as if you didn't do anything, you know, or why are you making haram for yourself that which God made halal, yeah. you know, in regards to... Uh, the story of the of the honey, or in some cases, the story of uh, you know his desire to marry the uh, the wife of Zaid, which uh, which by the way, Muhammad Sallallahu and and those people that have uh, you know pointed out or spoken about his mistakes, we're gonna we're gonna deal with the Prophet Muhammad in, in many episodes that are to come and clarify. All things, everything that has to do with this great man. So, nonetheless, nobody was worshiping Muhammad.
1: Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, there, it's clear from, from the Quran that, that he's distinguished. That, again, I mean, he is the, the man of God, but he is distinguished. He is not God himself. No. He is not Almighty. No. Yeah. And you know, even
0: in the in the Shahada, it says, "La ilaha illallah." There is no god but Allah, and Muhammad. Muhammad Abduhu Muhammad is his servant. Yes. Okay. Okay? And his messenger. So he's not God, he's just a servant. Yes. Alright? Okay. Good. But then what happened is that they started worshiping Imam Ali and the Imams after the Prophet Muhammad. Yeah. Yeah. You know? And this, there's like this cult appeared, you know, the cult of the worship of the Imams. And it took place right after um, the death of the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu um, Alaihi Some people state that the first person, and by the way, it is a fulfillment too of Hadith where the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi told Imam Ali that um, you know, the, they would say about him the same that they said about Jesus, the son of Mary wow yeah and there are many incidents where the prophet muhammad wants to speak about imam ali you know and he, and he and in front of people and then he says you know uh, this and this and this about imam ali and then he says that you know if it wasn't for the fact that i would be worried that you guys would worship him after me i would have continued and spoken about his right and his preference right yeah so the reasons why people began to worship Imam Ali and the Imams after that did not come out of nowhere. It had a basis to it, and we we still find um, these had these these traditions and sayings in the, in the books of the of the Muslims, you know. And uh, and and the reasons why are we can understand how people can come to that conclusion. One, Imam Ali alayhi salam was the only person who was born inside of the Kaaba. Yeah. Okay. Now, what is the Kaaba? The Kaaba is the house of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Kaaba literally is the Arabic word for cube. Cube comes from the word Kaaba.
1: All right. Yes.
0: And, and, uh, uh, you know the story is is that basically the walls of the Kaaba were split open when the mother of Imam Ali al Fatima bint Asad was pregnant, and she walks in there and she gives birth to Imam Ali al and he becomes the only person in history that's born inside of the house of God. Okay, okay so then it's like, okay, well, what about that? You know? Yeah. Christians, if Jesus was born born in the holiest of holies, and in, in the uh, you know in the temple, uh, they they would have said that's enough of a reason why yeah. you can recognize that obviously he's God. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he came into the world in his house. Yeah. Yeah. There was another uh, incident where the Prophet Muhammad Sallallahu at one point like is in the cabin and he carries Imam Ali on top of his shoulders, right? When Imam Ali was younger, he makes him stand on his shoulders. Uh, and so the those who worship Imam Ali, you know, and, uh, you know, said, okay, well, there the Prophet is clearly indicating, you know, to the people. But he couldn't say it outright. There has to be these like clues that are given because if he said it outright, the Nasabis would kill uh, the Imam, and so they say that this was an incident, an instance where the Prophet Muhammad was saying, "Imam Ali is above me. Imam Ali is higher than me." Okay. You know? Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah, yeah I understand. Yeah. Like,
1: in the physical, he's putting him above him. So yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. Yeah. Then there's uh, verses. Uh, uh, you know, like like verses from the Quran that they interpreted it to be talking about, um, you know, the, some of the Shia understood it to be talking about Imam Ali a.s. Okay, because there's hadith where you know the the Prophet Muhammad says that basically you know one of God's names is uh, Al Ali, the High. And Imam Ali, his name is taken taken from that, or that God you know, the Prophet Muhammad will say that God said that I am the most high and and, and you know and and I've made him from me and things of this nature. So then they would look at verses in the Quran like Ayatul Kursi, you know, Allahu la ilaha illahu al hayyul qayyum, until the end of the verse where it says, you know, And then the you know, which which translates to, and he is the high, the great. Right? Mm-hmm. And so they they understand it that when it says, and huwa, and he is al Ali, that it means like he is Ali ibn Abi Talib, right? Okay. 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 Then the Prophet Muhammad on the night journey, when he went to speak to God. The narrations state that the voice in which he heard was the, you know, that God spoke to him, but he was speaking to him in the voice of Ali ibn Abi Talib. Okay. Now, the narration states that the reason why God spoke to him in the voice of Ali ibn Abi Talib was because it was a voice that the Prophet Muhammad was familiar with. He was at comfort with, but still like uh, this jihad, yeah, they say, okay, well, obviously that's, that's another clue. Okay, Mm -hmm. now when I say Shia, I mean those Shia that went to that extreme, that they began to worship uh, Imam Ali, and I'm not talking about general Shia. General Shia, they do not worship the Imams at all. Um, They just take them as uh, guides and they believe that they're infallible but they do not worship that but so yeah the Twelvers they don't worship the imams but there are still sects that exist exist today including the Alawis that exist in Turkey and also in Syria um, that do definitely worship Imam Ali salam. and if you ask them they'll deny it uh, but it is uh, it is well known the Nusairis and the And the Alawis that they all do worship uh, Imam Ali Alayhi salam. it's their secret. Okay.
1: Okay.
0: Okay. And some of them are open about it too. So uh, all of these things seems to, you know, um, they understood that, okay, Imam Ali Alayhi salam, he is the, he's the secret. You know, and and even like there's this uh, thing where in the seal of the Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi you know, it says Muhammad Rasulullah, but it's written instead of like you would think that it would be like Muhammad Rasulullah but, but instead it's written Allah Rasul Muhammad, right? Like as if you have to read it from the bottom upwards. You know? Normal Muslims would say, okay, well, the reason why that is the case is because, you know, Muhammad wouldn't put his name on top of God's name, so he put his name down and God's name up. Uh, but other people are like, you know, Allah Rasul Muhammad, and Muhammad said that his messenger, you know, in some hadith very clearly is Ali ibn Abi Talib. And so therefore, uh, Allah is the messenger of Muhammad means Ali ibn Abi Talib is Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Wow. Okay. okay. And then there is, uh, you know, and this this ideology kind of like it's thought to have been started uh, in the time right after the death of the Prophet Muhammad when you had a, a, um, a man by the name of Abdullah ibn Sabah. And Abdullah Ibn Sabah, basically he he was the first man in Shia Islam to perform a a kind of mystical ritual that uh, is known to be an extremely dangerous one, and it's even written in the Gnostic narrations uh, of the Ahl al Islam, Imam al-Baqir, and other than them that whoever does this is condemned to death, okay? Okay. You can never, ever, ever do this, you know, unless you're willing to die. But if you do die, by doing this, you reach, like, it's like the epitome of faith, right? Okay. So so it's like it's like something that's, you know, a great deed to do, but at the same time, the result of it would end up being a death itself and you could also end up bringing a lot of harm to uh, the imams and and to the, the Shia of the imams. And it's called an debt. An debt means a calling. And what that means is that you recognize who God is. God is amongst creation and he's veiled himself. He's hidden. Creatures don't know where he is. But when a person recognizes who he is, right, in that lies eternal salvation. Okay. Okay. And and because you want to save the rest of creation, what you could do is you can make a public announcement stating that, you know, I bear witness that so and so is the Almighty God. Okay. Okay. But if you do that, you're going to yes, you'll awaken some people, you know, and you'll you that will cause their salvation because they too will recognize that he is the ultimate God. But at the same time, you will be faced by the wrath of the nasta'is. Okay. The people that don't even recognize uh, him as an imam, let alone uh, as a god, and so they'll. they'll Take him to the stake. They'll burn him. They'll kill him. Um, you know, and and so that's what happened. Abdullah Ibn Saba became convinced that Imam Ali was the Almighty God. Uh, he was the God of Muhammad. He was the God of the Quran and the Prophets and the Messengers. You know, and 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 he also you know basically referenced a lot of hadiths that are mystical and speeches from imam ali at that time because imam ali has these famous speeches like the light speech of his or the speech of clarification in which imam ali says some things like i'm the alpha and i'm the omega wow yeah and, you know, or things like, you know, I'm the one whom you know, brought down the punishment on the people of La, or I'm the one that was with Noah and his Ark, or I'm the one that, you know, like struck in the place yeah. of, of David, or I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm the one, I'm the one. You know, he starts listing all of these things that you think to yourself, well, who is this person except for God, right?
1: Yeah, how can he be present in all of these moments?
0: Yeah, exactly. Okay. So it's... A little bit of, like, bewildering, and, and Imam Ali was being oppressed at the time, so he wanted to show his right, you know, so he gives the speech, but the speech is is ignored by the Nasibis, that group that God's wrath is upon upon them, and they thought to themselves, ah, he's no better than us, and, and they hated him, and, and they followed Abu Bakr, and Omar, and Uthman, and the Bani Umayyam, right, and the Bani Abbas. And then you had the people that were like Abdullah ibn Saba that like went all the way to the opposite extreme and said, My goodness, he's God.
1: Okay. So again, so, we have the, the different groups falling exactly. into place. Exactly. Yeah.
0: The different groups are forming here right now in regards to Imam Ali, Ali Okay. And so he makes the public announcement. And he says, You are God in front of everybody. And he's ecstatic. He's happy. Yeah. And Imam Ali, alayhi salam, warns him and says, do not do that according to the narrations. Don't say that. Allah," You know, like, repent to God. But he's insistent on it. He's like, there's no way I'm ever going to go back on this. You know, I know, I know. And I testify. You're my master. You're my creator. You're my Lord. Right? <laughs> and then Imam Ali, alayhi salam, after warning him several times commands that a hole be dug, right, and a giant fire is lit, you know, and he tells Abdullah ibn Saba that if he doesn't repent from this act of polytheism or shirk, that he's going to condemn him to death by burning him, wow. okay? Okay. So when he pronounces this judgment on Abdullah ibn Saba Abdullah ibn Saba jumps in joy and says... Now I have even more certitude than ever that you are God. Because the Prophet Muhammad ﷺ says that nobody, he said that nobody punishes with fire except for the Lord of fire. Okay. Okay? okay. So that means that you're the Lord of fire, that means that you're God. Yeah. Okay. In some narrations, Abdullah Ibn Sabbat just disappears from history or is exiled. In other narrations, he's burnt alive. Um, you know, it's not really clear, according to historical um, writings, what ended up happening uh, of this character. Mm-hmm. But nonetheless, you now there's the first example of it taking place. But then. You have it taking place in the lives of every single Imam after that. Okay. Yeah. The same thing? The same thing, but not about Imam Ali, yeah. but about the Imam of the time. Okay. Yeah. So, there, you know, we don't have enough time to go over all of them. So, let's just pick a few of the Imams and, and uh, you know, go from there. So, you have in the Hafti Sharif uh, this story. That is narrated by Imam Sadiq to Al Mufaddal ibn Omar, you know, and it's talking about the secret events that took place in Karbala, right? That most of the people don't know about, and it talks about how Imam Al Hussein when he was traveling because he's asked Imam Sadiq's asked by Al Mufaddal ibn Omar in those days in Karbala, did Imam Al Hussein have with him any true believer? And he calls them like any muwahad. He doesn't say a Muslim. He doesn't say a mu'min. He doesn't say a submitter or somebody who's a believer. He says a unifier, like a true monotheist. Did he have any with him? So what is this unifier? What is this true monotheist? And why is he asking if he had them with him? And Imam Sadiq responds and he says he only had one. Okay? Okay. And then he clarifies the story of this one. He says that as Imam as Imam hussein was was marching forward, right? Gabriel comes to him, and he and and Imam al-Hussein asks Gabriel, "Who am I?" And Gabriel responds and says, "You are Allah, the One, the Conqueror." Yeah. You know? You are the lords of the heavens and the earth. And he starts listing off the titles of the Almighty. Okay. And then Imam al Hussein looks at Gabriel and says, you know, can you believe these creatures that their selves are speaking to them to kill their own master? And then the, the Imam al-Sadiq alayhi salam says that just like just like they were unable to murder and kill Jesus, the son of Mary, they are not able to murder and kill Imam Al-Hussain, nor were they able to murder and kill Imam Ali, nor are they able to kill any of the preferred ones of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Okay. And that the Imam has the ability to enter into the veils meaning enter into the bodies the physical bodies willingly or unwillingly meaning like meaning like but he can he can go into the bodies you know as part of the natural process or he can choose specific bodies to go into and he also can go out of the bodies in the same way and so Imam Hussein, before he was slaughtered, he exited out of the body, just like Jesus, the son of Mary, exited out of the body. And so it was only the body of Imam Hussein that was killed, just like it was only the body of Jesus Christ that was killed. And so for the people, it was made to look like they were killed, but actually they had already left or exited um, their bodies. And the same thing happened with Imam Ali. And it is this understanding, right, that caused these esoteric groups of Alawis or, or Shia nusayris that worship uh, Imam Ali to basically state that, well, then in that case, you know, uh, some of them have stated that in that case, Abdurrahman ibn Muljam, who killed Imam Ali, Uh, is not necessarily evil, but rather he's a hero, you know, because he um, you know, freed God Almighty from the physical bodies and that this was all part of a plot. And they have the exact same narrative as the gospel of yeah. Judas has, where they turn yes. Judas from being a traitor yeah. into a hero, that he's helping, you know, the salvation of people come about through making sure that Jesus is 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 crucified and that they're kind of like secret, really secret disciples or believers. Um, you know that that had to kind of, uh, yeah. Yeah, the,
1: the, I, you you really made me think of that exact thing. Uh, that yeah, there there is this belief in the Gospel of Judas that states this, and, and yeah, in some of the Gnostic books. That's interesting. That's a very yeah. interesting parallel, and it's very interesting that that it's stated that Imam Hussein was able to do the same thing that Jesus did in the, the event of the crucifixion. And Imam
0: Ali, Ali. and
1: Imam Ali, Ali. yeah, so, and
0: yeah. all of the prophets and messengers, and all of the imams that were ever sent to the earth and were ever killed and and then it was said in the in the manuscript that the reason why you know this was allowed is because because um you know in order that that the proof be brought forward against these nasibis who sought to kill god and kill his messengers all right and and so that the punishment when it came time for them to be punished they would have no excuse they can't say okay well you prevented us from killing them you know no they have to actually go through the motions of killing the body so that they may Go to eternal punishment, right? Lest, okay. do they say, you know, be stopped at some point? Like, if God was to come down and save Jesus from the cross, right? Or God was to save Imam Hussein and from being slaughtered in Karbala, then no, n- n- you know, no crime would have been committed, right? Yeah. Do you understand? Yeah, I understand. Yeah. yeah. So because God wants to punish these people for their evil um, you know, hearts that they have, he has to allow it to take place, but he still only allows it to take place against the body and the flesh and not against the soul of the spirit. Okay, so back to the main topic. The point is, is that you have this narration, and you have Imam al and he's traveling, and he has one true believer with him, and this true believer worships him, recognizes him, mm-hmm. you know, as being God Almighty. And this one believer is Gabriel, who is in the flesh, okay. right? He's incarnated now as, as a man, and... Uh, then Imam Hasan sends Gabriel forth, and and uh, he sends him to the opposing armies, and a whole bunch of things happen uh, where he confronts them, and basically he tells them that you know like what are you guys trying to do? Are you trying to kill uh, the son of Rasulullah, the the son of the daughter of Rasulullah, and and the are the opposing armies of Yazid, and its commander says yes, we are. Um, And we have a letter here that says for us to take him to take his head. And so uh, Gabriel speaks to them and he says, woe to you. Are you trying to kill the God of the first ones and the God of the last ones? you know and so they're terrified when he when he says that and when he speaks that and then he spits on them and it causes like a, you know them to all be dazed and confused and he manages to escape and go back to uh, Imam al-Hussein but the point of it is is, what, is there now you have two instances in Karbala one to the enemy armies and one when he's responding to Imam al-Hussein himself where Gabriel this follower uh, is Declaring that Imam al Hussein is the the God of gods, the one who is to be worshipped. Okay. Okay.
1: It's very interesting.
0: It is. It is extremely interesting. And then in the end, Imam Sadiq tells Mufaddal ibn Amr, and that one believer that was with Imam al Hussein, he's with me today. And then Mufadil freaks out and he says, Who? And then comes walking into the door is Abel Khattab. Abel Khattab walks in and he was one of the close companions of Imam Sadiq in his time. And he basically reveals himself to Mufadil ibn Omar and says, Yes, I am Gabriel. And I'm the one who did this, and I'm the one who did this, and I was the companion of Daniel, and I was the companion of Noah, and I'm the companion of this prophet and of that prophet. Yeah? Mm-hmm. And now I am with my master, Imam Sadiq, Well, Abul Khattab, you know, what's interesting about him is that not in this manuscript, but in other narrations and uh, historical... Um, you know texts that speak about the events that took place in the time of imam sadiq he ends up being cursed by imam sadiq okay so the shia are split in regards to their opinion of abu khattab some of them consider him to be a man who went astray and became one of these you know other uh, others have said that no He was a close companion that It was just lies that were written about him and, and yet others have stated that no He was the best of believers Okay, okay? So why did Imam S.A.W. curse him? Because he was declaring Like Abdullah ibn S.A.W. did About Imam Ali That he was God You have Abul Khattab declaring That Imam Al-Sadiq was the God of Gods
1: Oh my goodness it's a very confusing topic.
0: Yeah, it is, yeah. isn't it?
1: But what is the truth?
0: <laughs> and then <laughs> and then he takes seventy companions, and some narrations seventy two, seventy, seventy-two companions, right? And he basically makes this revolt and they all get martyred and Adel Khattab is crucified. Okay, by the Muslims. For his beliefs and his declarations.
1: Okay, so again, his life is cut.
0: His life is cut, and some people think that his life is cut as a punishment because he was worshiping other than Allah Subhanahu Wa Taala, and because he was uh, putting Imam Sadiq's life in danger, because then people could say, "Oh, this is what Imam Sadiq's teaching," and they started going after him or after his companions. Yeah, while while others uh, said, "No, he was a martyr," and so in some of the hadith In one mystical hadith, Imam Sadiq is talking to his close companions. In the apparent, he's cursing Abu Khattab. But behind closed doors, he says, By Allah, he was a prophet and he was crucified alongside 70 other prophets. Okay. 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 And some of the other close ones state that. And this cult developed, if you take a certain group of narrations, you'll see that there was this cult that had developed around Imam Sadiq, where they almost considered him to be, they did, like, like a god figure for them, and he was sending forward them as prophets and messengers of him.
1: Okay?
0: Okay. Okay. So he acted as the God; they acted as the messengers. And another narration: He's sitting with his companions, and he and he says, "And peace be upon Jonah, and peace be upon, uh, you know, Noah, and peace be upon." And he mentions the, uh, you know, the incarnations of his companions one by one. So the implication here is that just like in Jesus in Jesus's time. You know, Moses and Elijah were appear next to him during the scene of the transfiguration yes. with Imam Sadiq are reincarnated prophets and messengers, you know, and 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 uh, and Fadl ibn Omar even narrates that one day he was sitting with Imam Sadiq as he went through and he started saying, Peace be upon you, each by the names of the prophets and messengers. Even he did it to Fadl ibn Omar. And called him by his incarnation, and then in the end he recites, you know, and we do not distinguish between any of our of our of our messengers, right?
1: Yeah.
0: And so opinion is split now. Yeah. You have Imam sadiq saying and condemning this, just like you have Imam Ali salam, condemning this, and you have other narrations where it's seemingly a praised action to uh, believe in this.
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So where is the truth in all that? We could go on, by the way, but let's let's stop there. You know, I think those examples are now sufficient uh, from Islam uh, to to step back and let's let's think and talk about where is the truth in all of this. Okay. Okay. So if you look at some narrations, you'll find that. The al Bayt alayhi salam, they say we have certain conditions with God. We have times with God. At some times, He is He and we are we. And there's other times where He is us and we are Him. Okay. Okay. Isn't that strange? Yes. Yeah. Sometimes he's, he, God's God and we're, we're, we're us. And other times we're God and He's us. What does it mean? We have conditions with God. Sometimes it's like this, sometimes it's like this. Imam Ahmad Hasam, he clarifies this notion. Yeah. And when he in his book of monotheism, which we also covered on the channel, where he speaks about how. The the Prophet Muhammad goes on this night journey and this ascension and he his ego dissolves right into the veil of God, which is the Quran. And and Muhammad becomes one with the word of God and the light of God, right? Yes. In the in the sense that what that his ego dissolved. And when a person's ego dissolves, nothing remains except for God, the one the conquer. Okay. All right. And and that Muhammad after the night journey it became a thing where he became he was oscillating between being himself and between being one with the veil of God or one with God so to speak okay. do you understand? Yes, I understand times where he would joke and be normal and he'd have a self and nafs other times where the Prophet Muhammad would be um, speaking, and, and it's really not him that's speaking, but it's rather it's God that's speaking. Okay. Yeah. You know?
1: Times where he's himself and times where he's he God. Yes.
0: And the same thing passes on to the imams that there's times where they are themselves, and there's times where, you know, uh, they don't exist anymore, and it's God that's overtaking or using um, their, their body, uh, so to speak, to, to speak. Wow. And then you have these other narrations where Imam al-Baqarah and Imam al-Sadiq are trying to uh, clarify for people monotheism. And so they say that whoever worships the name without the meaning has disbelieved. Yes. And whoever worships the name and the meaning has committed polytheism. Okay. Okay. But whoever has worshipped only the meaning, then he's the one who wins. That's the one who's on the right path. Once again, three categories. Yes. Okay. Okay. So now we have something which is the name and something which is the meaning. What is the name? What's the meaning? And what are these three groups? The name is the name of the Hujja. The name of the proof, the Imam of the time, the Prophet or the Messenger of the time, okay. the name is Adam. The name is Noah. The name is Moses. The name is Jesus. The name is Muhammad. The name is the 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 Imams, Asad, Al Bakr, Al Kazim, etc. Okay. All right. Yeah. Simon Peter is a name. Yeah. Whoever worships the name, the body, yeah, the individual, the character, the avatar. Right? Yes. And not worshiped the meaning. Yes. What's the meaning? The meaning is that Holy Spirit, we blew in Him from our spirit. That's the essence, the meaning behind all religion. Yes. Whoever worships the avatar, the name, the character, without the meaning, this person has disbelieved altogether. He has no worship of God because the worship of God is in the worship of the meaning. Yes. And whoever worships, The name and the meaning, it's also not acceptable. They've gone astray. Yes. Because that's polytheism. Now there's multiple gods, as the Christians did. Yes. They worship Jesus and the Father. And the Father. This is this is not acceptable.
1: Okay, yeah. It makes sense, yes. It's very clear.
0: But whoever worships the meaning, the Holy Spirit, right? Whoever worships God, that that light of his. Like the Ahl said, we are the veils of God, we are the containers of the will of God, etc. Whoever worships that will of God, whoever worships God himself, right, that manifests himself, speaks to and takes the imams or the messengers of the time as a veil, those are the true believers. Those are the ones that recognize who God is. Okay, And if you take that meaning... And you apply it to all of the previous stories then you will know that okay well there's no contradiction then the incident with imam hussein and his companion could have happened you know and it could and, and it could have happened and not be shirk not yeah. be polytheism because it doesn't mean then that they they worshipped imam hussein the body the flesh but rather that believer that was with Imam Hussein recognized that the spirit of God was within him, just like God blew into Adam, He blew into Imam Hussein. Yes, Jesus said things that indicated that He was God, yes. and He and it was the Holy Spirit exactly. that was talking yeah. through Jesus. Yeah. You know, so what Jesus is saying is true, but it's just that Jesus is a character and a body, like He's not the first container for the spirit of God, nor will He be the last container. He was just one of the most perfect. Um, reflections or, or containers that the spirit ever took before. Yes. Yeah.
1: I, I mean, I, I, I think that way of understanding it, it makes... Uh, what we have from from the prophets and the messengers and the imams, what they said about themselves, now makes sense because you were mentioning the speech of Imam Ali, where he was saying, "I'm the first and the last," and you know this is exactly what Jesus said and what other prophets and messengers and Krishna, said, Krishna, and, and yeah, and and what they meant was exactly this, the Holy Spirit. So they were all saying the truth and they were all referencing the same thing, the Holy Spirit. Exactly. That's very. I mean, it makes perfect sense.
0: And it's the true religion. That must be abided by and recognized, and so the the people that that are God's angers upon them are people that don't believe that the Holy Spirit is with the, is with this person.
1: Okay. Okay. Yes. Yeah.
0: Those who are nasibi are those that don't recognize that God speaks through man. Yeah. And those who went astray are those who recognize that God's speaking through the man, but they think that the man is God. Yes yeah yeah and those who are on the middle path the correct path are the ones that recognize that when they prostrate and to the Kaaba that they're not worshiping the Kaaba that's made of stone but rather they're worshiping the spirit that's in the Kaaba yeah. that those who prostrate down to the temple or the Ark of the Covenant that they recognize that they're not worshiping the ark that is made of wood, you know, or the temple that's made of gold or stone, but rather they're worshiping that spirit that dwells within the holiest of holies, the heart of the temple, and those people who are on the right path are those who recognize that God's spirit always exists in creation. It has many names. You can't worship the name. You can't worship the flesh or the body, but rather you worship that will and that spirit that exists within the heart or the holiest of holies of the imam of the time thank you so much tiffany for joining me today
1: thank you so much for having me this was a really enlightening discussion and i learned so much
0: god bless you kid